Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How are you? That was really earnest. I didn't mean to be that earnest. Um, I'm good. (laughs) That's wonderful. I'm great uh, because we have two very special guests with us today. We've got Jackie and Marissa from the Jersey Ghouls. Yay! All the way from the Garden State. Yes. All the way from Gabagool Town. That's right. And we are so we are so happy to have both of them on. Uh, we have Jackie did join us for a discussion of Freddy's Revenge, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, uh, back in the day, and so we've been uh, trying to get uh, you know finish the collection, get uh, Marissa in here too. So <laughs> I am so honored and starstruck to be here with you guys. Thank you. Oh, oh the pleasure is all ours. You guys are so, just so wonderful. You guys are wonderful. No, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> we can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Now you speak my language. Forget about it. All the use. All the use. No, I am. We're very excited to have you here today. And we are going to, we're kind of suspending usual activities for Fright School because, uh, you know, there's a lot of horror in the world and we thought we would just have some fun. So we're doing Scary Cryptmas in July with Anna and the Apocalypse. But uh, before we get into that, uh, how's everybody doing in the apocalypse now that it's an actual thing? <laughs> we're surviving yeah i, I think as, as best that we can we are surviving yeah it gives a lot of time to catch up on books and movies and all that stuff so i'm digging that part of it yeah and it's actually we've got two different perspectives because i've had to continue to go to work being in um healthcare. so i've never had the opportunity to quarantine or kind of like be at home so I get the perspective of I still go to work and I smell like Lysol constantly because we do nothing but disinfect our office, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not complaining. I will take smelling like Lysol. Oh yeah. No, you and I have very similar. I've been in the clinic every day since this started, you know, we did for the first like month or so, we all had like a day off each week to mm-hmm. like, just be home. Yeah. Joshua, they didn't <laughs> give you penicillin for that. You shouldn't have to go in that often. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Listen, just because I'm popular, Joe. Okay. <laughs> oh, popular. Okay. Anyway, please continue telling us your your tale. Anyways, no, that, no, I'm just I'm just commiserating with uh, with Jackie here. That yes, I I empathize. But um, Marissa, uh, your tale then is yeah different. Yeah, well, I'm a teacher, so I've been home uh, in in the house with my two children for the past four months. Five months. So she's had it way worse. <laughs> so, not to be real, the shining up in this piece, as I like to explain to everybody. <laughs> so yeah, no, but it's been, it's been weird and hard for everybody. I think whether it's being home, whether it's having to be a frontline person like you guys are. I mean, I just think there's no, there's no easy answers here. We're all kind of enduring. Yeah. What's the lay of the land in Jersey right now? Like, cause like here in California, we're under a uh, masks at all time in public. They just shut down uh, like San Diego just shut down again, all in, in restaurant service. You can't go do anything basically anywhere. Uh, so what, what's it like in Jersey right now? What are the mandates? So unfortunately we're battling like being the shore and like people being like, nobody's taking my summer away. Um, yeah which I'm sure you guys have been experiencing a lot of too. So mm-hmm. 
they're doing a good job of kind of keeping restrictions in place like the masks and all that, but they are blowing everything open, which is nerve wracking. And I suspect we're going to start seeing some serious, we already are, but I suspect we're going to we, start seeing a lot of people. In, there's no indoor restaurants open. All restaurants are outdoor only, okay. uh, which has been interesting to see restaurants that have Define never had, outdoor. yeah, they've never had outdoor dining before. There is a diner by my mom's house that just put up fencing around half of their parking lot and put tables up. And so now they can have diners come. They can have people come to the diner now because they have outdoor dining. Um, And you know, in Jersey, we take our diners very seriously. People are actually willing to sit in a parking lot and risk their lives for like some gabagool and a friggin' turkey sandwich, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Some, some disco fries at 2 a.m. I've I've seen, I've seen people like lined up on the outside of a restaurant waiting to do outdoor seating, which like, you know what I've done, Chad and I have done some takeout. Like we like to do like the contactless takeout where, you know, you put your order in, you pay for it, everything online. And the delivery person literally just puts it on your doorstep. And then you play keep the change of filthy animal as they walk away, obviously. takeout but outside of that like I have no desire to do any like outdoor dining at a restaurant or anything like that god no no but yeah um masks everywhere like you can't you can't go into any store without a mask on um, so, so we're pretty yeah. locked down too. So yeah. yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think it's uh, all the very young people are. We're seeing a huge surge in our state between like nineteen and twenty-four yeah. year olds getting yeah. it because they're going out, they're drinking, they're hanging out at the shore, they're not being smart. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, no, it's difficult. And yeah, kind of the same because we're a big tourist destination. So lots of people depend on tourism at this time of year. Everybody's flooding in, you know, and people are bringing like their state you know, wherever they are, they're those feelings. So like we get a lot from Arizona and they're just like, fuck your masks, you know? Yeah. And it's like okay, The zonies well. are awful. They're just like, the yeah. zonies are just like, cause I used to work at a hotel in the summer and majority of our business at the, like our, my, the resort that I worked at was from Arizona because you get the people who are like, you know, they, they are escaping the desert. They're coming here and they're bringing that they're bringing their trash with them <laughs> bringing those like we can't it, it, i i was talking with a friend who was working at a hotel and i was like can you count how many arizona zip codes arizona license plates in the parking lot arizona like and he said yeah and it's just really cuz that's like the new epicenter like yeah it's crazy to think that like people are still like going on vacation and like you yeah. know like it's our crazy. our state has a list of states that if you have come back from them like you're supposed to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, who's, you... now who's laughing at Jersey? We won't yeah. let it's still the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's everybody. I mean, we can't travel, and I wonder how many people realize this. I wonder how many people realize that we really cannot leave the country. Like nobody's letting Americans in. We're filthy. And what is it? I read like a whole guideline where it was like, we're disregarding health and safety measures. We're likely to be combative about it. It's like, don't let them in. It's great that that's how we're perceived. Yes. Which I have a, um, one of our friends who was a guest on the show, Justine, who's living in Italy. She, we, she and I were talking um, a couple weeks ago and she was saying like, yeah, everything's like, they've relaxed the social distancing. You don't have to maintain two meters anymore. Like you can go out in public places without your mask on. And like, this was not like when a couple months ago when they were like literally like flying doctors in from around the world and having to like choose who lives or dies. And now you can go to, you know, your, 
you can go here or, but they also like had super strict, uh, um, things in place. Like they had to like, you, that's the, the police would stop you and you'd have to give like a, a receipt from the grocery store. If you just came from the grocery store. And I was like, that's what they should have done. Um, but you know, the hindsight is 2020 <laughs> and 2020 is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did want to, so I, I love, um, Marissa, your tank top you're wearing today is the Mandalorian, uh, tank top. That's so cool. And it reminded me of your all's like, um, is it like a capsule collection of, of teas that you did in, in, um, uh, coordination with, uh, Joshua? Oh yeah. It was actually really cool. He was originally, it was originally supposed to be for women's empowerment month, but, um, it kind of got a little delayed with all the stuff going on, but yeah, we did t-shirts for assassination nation, um, which is such an underappreciated, amazing film in my humble opinion. Jackie isn't always quite on board with it. Um, uh, we did a final girls t-shirt and we did a couple other, uh, uh, there was the Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of like an homage to all of our favorite badass girls in, in horror, and proceeds went to both us and uh, women's empowerment organizations. So yeah. it was awesome. And it was it was such a cool experience because he said that he wanted to do these shirts, and he's like, "I want to do them with you guys," and we're like, "Cool." And then he's like, "So let's design them," and we're like, "You, we're gonna design." And he yeah. like we literally over a Zoom call, like you know here's this idea here's this idea would you want it in black or white or what color and that and we like we, we went through the, the design process with him it was really really fun and extremely awesome. generous on his part yeah and um he does uh constant different sales uh it's joshua does cosplay is where you can find his on instagram and um, Etsy, yeah and he is amazing actually he just did a pride pop rock and horror shirt that was so cool and we loved and bought too yeah. um so yeah so if you are into cool hard t-shirts definitely pick uh pick them up from him because he usually donates to really good organizations too, yeah so and, awesome and, and that's and that is the definition of women empowerment right there it's like we are gonna design these shirts together and i'm like yes good that's awesome <laughs> i was because one of the shirts has like all these like things that are wrong like toxic masculinity rape culture like all these things printed on it and i'm so here for it i love the shirt <laughs> Oh yeah, they were awesome. I picked up and I love that kind of stuff because uh, so I got one of the tank tops. Um, he specially printed me a a, a, man, a men's tank top, which was so kind of him uh, with all the final girls. And I love that kind of kind of thing because it's like I like wearing it out in public, you know, walking around and people are just like, "Who are these people?" And you know, you get to, oh, they're like the final girls. You just go through all their names and like, <laughs> I just it's really cool. And then you're gonna have that one random person that's like oh my God, are those final girls? And you're like, you're my new best friend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like a good way to like tell people like, who are these people? Like, Or if they're like, hey. <laughs> Every PTA meeting, I hold my breath and wait for the day that someone walks up to me and recognizes what these shirts mean. Usually I just sit by myself in the corner. <laughs> I was like, and who's your child? Because uh, <laughs> they, you know. Take notes on that. <laughs> That's how it would be for me, I'm sure. (laughs) It's like, I am now their coach in uh, Carrie. Like, I will. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I thought that was a really, really cool collection. And I I love the ideas. And it was just, it was very cool. So, um, you know, if you guys do things like that again, you know, you 
yeah. let us know because I'll definitely I, I love the I love the shirt. So we'll make sure we link all of that information in the in the show notes as usual. So um, anybody watch anything cool lately? Anything you want to be like? People should check this out while they're trapped at home. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if see. Okay, and again, our listeners know how usually a decade behind I am. Oh God! So I recently, like in the last like probably few months, started watching Charmed for the first time ever. I've never watched Charmed. So the original like run, okay? Because I they remade it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a reboot, okay. Uh, it was our, our friend, Ashley, who has another podcast. Uh, she always talks about it on the podcast. And I was just kind of like, I need something to watch that's on like Netflix or Hulu that I can just kind of, you know, and, and this isn't the first time. Like I generally will like watch a show like a decade later. Um, and then luckily I find out that Joe is also well-versed in charm. So Joe and I, well, actually, we, what did we do this? What was first? Um... Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, that's right. I was re-watching Gilmore Girls, and he and I were having conversations about it. And then, yeah, so it just kind of, and then it flew into uh, Charmed, which... Team Logan forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Team Logan forever. Yes. <laughs> so it's been it's been fun watching Charmed. Just, I mean, it's like a, it's a fun show. Um, I love that it comes out uh, in like 98 or 99. So like the fashion and the times it's like, that's my senior year of high school. So it's, it's a lot of fun to see. Actually, I'm in the final season. I'm in the eighth season. And Joe, what I was going to text you with this morning, but I figured I'll just tell you now is that like, I'm in the final season and like, just looking at the character of Billy, like she's so 2004, like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if I can handle it. I don't know. But I've been having a lot of fun, like, kind of, like I said, it's, it's my first watch. Um, Billy Zane was a guest star, and that was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And he was adorable. And this was, like, pre-shaved head Billy Zane, so he still had that, like, dark hair that you could hold on to and do stuff to. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been. Yes, yes. <laughs> fantastic. So, yeah. So I've been living in the late 90s, early 2000s this whole time. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I love like Billy Zane and uh, uh, Demon Knight. He's <laughs> like, I just, I think he's sexy there. But sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, I'm like, he has his like Titanic hair, like he's, and he's not oh, far okay. off from that character um, in the character that he plays. Um, he's like of all of like the crazy guest stars that happen in the later season, like the later seasons of Charmed, he's probably my favorite. Um, and then right underneath him is Kerr Smith um, playing Agent Brody, yeah. uh, which is great because like there, I was like, yes, Paige needs a win. Um, <laughs> Paige needs a win. But like, I feel like my sweet spot with Charmed is the last season with Shannon Doherty, the first season with um uh with rose mcgowan like those two seasons back to back are my sweet spot because it's like we're losing a sister and then we gain a sister and i'm like oh i love um and then overall if i had to choose my like absolute favorite episode this is just for jackie uh this is just me and jackie now doing a charm podcast um okay the (laughs) my absolute favorite episode of charmed would be um the zen master (laughs) 
Because it's so, it's so insane. It's like three San Francisco witches helping like a Zen master, Kung Fu, all of this stuff. Um, Daniel Day Kim is in it as, um, as the villain, which is great. Um, yeah, it's, that's probably my favorite episode. Also because there's, uh, there's martial arts in it and I love anything martial arts. So (laughs) there we go. Hey. Charmed. Charm talk. Um, Marissa, what are you watching? Um, nothing, nothing worth noting. I've been, unfortunately, been victimized by my children. So I'm watching, like, Victorious and, like, all these weird early 2000s teen Disney dramas that I am so embarrassingly into. Like, the one with Ariana as like a Disney kid and like I pretend that I don't secretly I'm like all right time to go watch 10 episodes of this Pat and Zoe show or whatever like all of them like all of these weird Disney shows so that's been a big chunk of my time I'm actually finally watching Community too, which I can't believe I missed on its first go around I know Dan Harmon is is a creeper but um I'm a sucker for Rick and Morty and I actually really as much as I hate Chevy Chase because he's a douche I really like the show and it's it's hysterical so if you're watching it on Netflix, hurry because it's going to leave soon. Because um, everything, all the NBC shows are going to migrate to Peacock at the end of July. So, yeah, one more thing I need to add on to my uh, <laughs> to my streaming services. Oh, seriously, yeah. Huh. yeah, interesting. Yeah, everything's going to be split up. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody was like against cable, and now it's going to be fourteen ninety nine a month for each channel. <laughs> Oh, we wish for it. And who knew we were wrong? <laughs> no, I just had this conversation with my dad that like we got rid of cable two years ago because like, why are we paying all this money for stuff we don't watch? And now we have Shutter and Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix. Which and, is just as expensive as Yeah, podcasts. at this point, you're going to have all these individual streaming services and it's just all going to add up to the same price as cable anyway. And if you're a schmuck like me, you also still have cable because you refuse to miss anything big. So you have like, because what else do I do in my life besides like pop culture? So it's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we keep cable because we're the house everybody comes to to watch stuff. So it's like. <laughs> I want to make sure we have it for people. So it's part of our social life. Not that it matters this year, but I do miss having cable because of sports. Because I'm uh, an avid hockey fan. So not being able to watch it's the most hockey. Jersey thing she said in a minute. Um, is hockey, hockey a Jersey what thing? Is that? What is a hockey? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like to watch hockey. I like the fights. <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, well, I'll leave that argument to you all to solve. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, I've been doing a lot of escapist watching too, just rewatching lots of old stuff. And, uh, I, I was rewatching parks and rec. I don't know. Sometimes it's like just having a break and, don't want to think about anything so just want to laugh and pretend everything's <laughs> different <laughs> um i'm re-watching will and grace right now ah and um <laughs> it there it's very it very much doesn't hold up in in very specific ways but when it hits it hits like yeah. like when the lessons come it it really hits like it's just like there and also they use they use the f word a lot and i was like wow this is a network television show and they use the f word a lot um there are there's like 
uh, Joshua, the it's this. I'm on the se- the season where it's Karen's cousin Barry, and they're giving him a makeover. Yeah, Fagmalian. And, yes, and Fagmalian is like the yeah. name of. There's four episodes in this season that's like Fagmalian Part One, and I was like, what? Um, they had the the um the old lady that does the rap in the wedding singer say that say fag like <laughs> that's right yeah it's just it's really it's really yeah, strange she's karen's mother-in-law mm-hmm. yeah. i helped a fag get a date <laughs> so, so terrible <laughs> get away from me you homos <laughs> yeah it's it's entertaining um Ugh. but yes yeah, so i'm watching uh will and grace and um i've been i've been watching well i mean in preparation for all the recordings this week i had i watched a lot of horror and um i'm very excited about it and then um just this is probably going to come out after we've done it but um i i'm going to counterbalance all of the horror by watching mama mia with uh my special man friend later tonight so um, that'll be great he's never seen it um, so I will probably mute myself <laughs> so yeah. I can sing every song. Um, yeah. Speaking of Fagmalian, he's new, <laughs> he's new to the ranks. So, uh, Joe is giving him a queer, queer education. Yes. Um, gay it's education. Been, it's been weird. Cause like for pride month, I was like, okay, we're going to do like, here's some, I'm going to give you these, these queer artifacts. So we watched, uh, Tu Wong Fu. Um, I showed him, um, we're watching Queer Eye right now, uh, the new Queer Eye. I need to find old episodes of Queer Eye so that way I can say, like, you need to appreciate where we came from. Because, and he's like, how do you know all the words to the theme song? And I'm like, because that was the best part of the old Queer Eye was the theme song. Um, available anywhere, huh? There, I found them on YouTube, but I think they're like filmed, <laughs> like someone put their phone in front of a, in front of something. So I'm I'm curious to see if they're ever going to come back. Uh, But old Queer Eye and then um, I like, but I need to also show him like the prestige one. So I have to like show, I have to go find my copy of Brokeback and show him Brokeback and all that stuff. It is an education. That's awesome. Oh yeah. He's getting the full rundown. (laughs) And then, and then we'll have the Joshua rundown later. So then we'll do, you know, cause I, I promised Joshua that he'd be there when we watch Paris is burning. So yes. Paris is Burning. Lots of John Wait. Waters movies. Oh, yes. <laughs> easing Some other fun now. queer content. <laughs> I'm just proud of myself that I know and love every single one of these things you're talking about. <laughs> That's awesome. Yay, allies. <laughs> love to Wong Fu. It's for you to say that Will and Grace, it almost made me sad for you to say Will and Grace doesn't hold up because I haven't watched it since I was young and like watched it the first time and it in my head it feels like an important moment in the canon but you're right looking back it's it, there's cringy shit that probably doesn't hold up it's yeah. it's so cringy and it's very like um, I've, I've listened to some interviews that Matt Max Muchnick does who created Will and Grace and it's just like ooh that's very it's very his sensibility and his and it's a it's really strange and i feel like when they did the reboot they were really trying to like correct a lot of the a lot of what happened Mm -hmm. and it's like okay you know i mean friends is also insanely problematic and very homophobic in many ways so it's just like i but i still watch it because of you know those other things that you know so yeah Yeah. but yeah 
That's the thing. Things are learning, you know, and it's what we got to get to where we are now, you know? So, exactly. you know, networks are more likely to take, you know, risks on stuff, or at least Netflix is. So, <laughs> you know, so our kids or our, our collective children is the village. I mean, uh, <laughs> will have hopefully an easier time uh, than we did and those that came before us. Right. So <laughs> special friends seen like queer spoke and they all were in all this. Um, no. So, so that's something we're, uh, Love those shows. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, cause like, we're going to work up to that. <laughs> cause I was like, let's, I wanted to give him like, you know, you gotta, you gotta like a little bit of introduction first and, um, <laughs> exactly. And then like, and then when we get to queer folk and it's going to be like, oh man, I mean, I definitely want to watch queer folk. Like if you guys start that just to go to, just to rewatch that, that would be a lot of fun. Oh, that would be fun with you, Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> and we could talk shit about, maybe we should do, we'll do a side. We need to start a Patreon, Joe, and we'll do a side <laughs> podcast. The, yes. <laughs> taking a new queerling through queerest folk. <laughs> All my money. See, because I have never, I've never watched the full series. I've definitely watched seasons one and two, but I don't know what happens after that. And I know there's like, um, there's, the, it's so funny because I think the actor who plays, um, uh, who plays one of the boyfriends, like he's also Will's boyfriend in the in Will and Grace, like that same actor. Um, but I know him from, oh God, I, I know him from that TNT show, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. <laughs> don't, let, never mind. I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what we, yeah, we're, we, 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 we only have so much time, Joe. Um, <laughs> and with that, we're going to uh, um, let you listen to a fun trailer from the Jersey Ghouls. And then we are going to talk about Anna and the Apocalypse. Be right back. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... Hi! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. We are here today officially having Scary Cryptmas in July with uh, Anna and the Apocalypse uh, 2017. I love this uh, description. British Christmas zombie musical. Uh, I wrote it down what I say. I said, this is a horror musical for the high school musical Glee generation. Lots of fun. Very interesting. Um, Yeah. So, Joe, we'll start with you as we usually do. Uh, what did you think? Well, I loved it, Joshua. What did you expect me to say? Like, <laughs> no hesitation. I loved it. Do you know why? Because I, I, the poster that I saw online when I was uh, doing a little internet searching for it was um, Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. And that's exactly what it was. And I only liked one of those films. It was Shaun of the Dead. Um, <laughs> oh my God. 
yeah, it was just like it's it's so much fun and it's very like it 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 gives you a lot of like this is a high school a high school musical. This is like a show that you would see at some strange like fringe festival for theater. This is very like it, the music kind of reminds me of Carrie the musical um in some way especially like because like i i hear like hollywood ending is very similar to like do me a favor they just keep repeating the same words um and so i felt a lot of that but like again it's it when it when the musical stuff hits it hits when the horror stuff hits it hits it's also trying to do everything i was explaining this to my special man friend i was like i'm watching this movie it is a british exactly what you said John. it's a british horror movie at christmas time there's zombies, there's like, you know, angst, and it hits all the notes of like your classic horror stuff. Like, you know, the mother is dead, a fraught relationship with your father, trying to return. It was great. Um, is it in my top five movies of horror? No, but it's very fun. And I was like, this is a this is a good way to be like Christmas in July. And I was saying, I was saying this earlier. Anna and the Apocalypse, what, watching it made me feel like it made me feel like it was the fall. Like it, it had like all of that Christmas feeling. And I remember also thinking like the small town in Scotland that they're in, um, that kind of like isolation that they feel. I've also felt that growing up on like my, an island in the middle of, you know, the Pacific Ocean, like that kind of longing for something more and feeling trapped. And so I totally related to that. But yes, absolutely loved it. Um, right. Who didn't love it? <laughs> to the ghouls. Let's, well, let's get everybody's opinions first. To the ghouls. <laughs> I fucking loved it too. So I am right there with you, Joe. I am a sucker for a horror movie. I'm a sucker for a musical. I'm a sucker for a teen film. So it was everything. And to me, like, horror is hard. Mix it with comedy. That's impressive. Throw in a fucking musical, set it at Christmas that is ballsy and to pull it off is awe-inspiring to me. So I'm there with you. I loved, I kind of love this movie. I do. (laughs) Jackie, I know you don't. (laughs) You know, this, I think this movie, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. And I think that everybody in it is extremely talented. Um, I am not a fan of pop music. So. Uh, Okay. The music in the beginning, um, kind of whatever. Uh, again, I don't want to take away from like I think that everybody is is very like very talented singers. Like I, I didn't 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 dislike the song because they weren't good at it. You know what I mean? Like I just don't like. What do you stop? What you're writing? What are you writing? <laughs> I've been called a hipster before. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry, but when you say things like, I don't like pop music, I that's, don't. that's a hipster-ass thing to say. <laughs> what kind of music do you like, Jackie? What would have what, what, what improved the music so you would have been like, wow, this is awesome? Well, you know what it is, and I know that this is my problem, um, is that I really enjoy musicals. I really enjoy Broadway. And there was a time in my life where I went to New York two to three times a year to go see a show. Um, but I haven't done that in probably 15 years. So like the current, uh, the current way that musicals are being done, there is a bit more of like that pop music element to them. And I'm not used to that. Like I'm used to like, I, I hold things like Titanic and Ragtime 
And, you know, I saw Bernadette Peters do Andy, get your gun. Like that's where I hold musicals for me. So like to have that more of that younger pop music feel, it's just, it's not my vibe and I get it, you know, people like it and it's fine. Toward the end of the show or toward the end of the movie, I started to like the music more. That final song between Anna and the principal, I love that song. Like when they're fighting it out in the gym, like that's probably one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, My other issue with this movie is it rides the fence between homage and complete ripoff with Shaun of the Dead. Mm. And I. Oh, yeah. It was definitely. Somebody watched that. (laughs) It's like, you know. Sometimes it's like the homage and sometimes it's a blatant ripoff. And, you know, I, I guess in my mind, I would want it to be one or the other. Just own it that you're going to rip off the same jokes or do the homage to like one of the best zombie comedy movies ever made. Okay, but short of the montage scene where they're dancing and they're oblivious to the fact that there's the pop boats around them. Yeah. And they're also singing, which I think is clever. Um, what, what else... <laughs> Like, I'll give you that scene. I agree. Yeah. I think there's, some of the very on-the-nose, like, they don't notice is, yeah. is Sean. There is the scene in the very beginning in the school where you hear someone go, like, uh... Yeah, mm-hmm. And she has asthma. She has asthma, and she's like, <coughs> And then it does the inhaler joke. Um, yeah, like I said, like, it, it rides the fine line between rip-off and homage, and I don't, I'm, I, I don't dislike the movie. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I think it's fun, but, you know... Uh, I, I'm not going back for it for the music. I tried. I did. Like, I fired up the soundtrack on Spotify with the hopes of just, like, getting me into it. And I, I'm, like, skipping through almost everything to get to, like, one or two songs. It's on rotation for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's also, it's very, like I said, it's very, like, high school musical in the sense, like, they recorded, like, a high school show choir singing singing this like I felt like I had a lot and also like I love Glee that's my sensibility so I felt like a little I felt that kind of um that kind of sensibility with it um I think the other um thing the reference to Shaun of the Dead is when um when the guy who Anna has had sex with uh her one night stand he has the the cricket bat he takes the cricket bat and was like oh this could be something um Good point. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So like, I I I, t- I totally get that, and it's so funny because it's like Shaun of the Dead was a like was this was its own horror comedy that also spoofed on like the zombie movie and like the whole idea of like don't say that when they say the word zombie like because you don't say it in zombie movies and then in this they do um, in this they do as well but like. Anna and the Apocalypse is like spoofing a, or it's like paying homage to a film that's paying an homage. Like that's, there's so many like inception type layers. Yeah. Well, it's 13 years after, you know, I mean, Shaun of the Dead was 2004. So it's like enough time to like live in the cultural consciousness that they're going to reference it. And, and the director was open about that. You know, he said, cause he hadn't, he hadn't directed musicals before. So West Side Story, Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously were kind of influences. He went to see Wicked, I think he said in an interview, like live. Um, and then the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode once more with feeling and then Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, The Evil Dead, uh, The Happiness of the Catacurus and Shaun of the Dead were all like obvious, you know, nods. They purposely 
you know, do that. So kind of like as a horror fan, you know, you're in there like, oh, I get what's happening here, uh, which is kind of where I fall on it. I, I thought it was fun. There are a couple of songs that I really liked. I like the um, the muscle guy song, like his talking about beating up the zombie. It was very it was like Edge of Seventeen meets Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> like that you know i like that guitar in it and then the the human voice song i thought was cool it reminded me of like rebel heart era madonna production it was like oh i kind of like i like where this is going uh, so there were a couple songs that i did enjoy i did not like that it didn't have a big opening number because i feel like with a musical like it just they start like if you went into this not knowing it was a musical they just start singing out of nowhere there isn't like setting up that this is a musical and in that way it reminded me of like earth girls are easy you know which is you know a musical but it's kind of shoehorned in a little bit so it it took me a while to adjust to the world of it being a musical you know just because i didn't feel like it had a big opening number with a bit you know it kind of came story and then she starts singing and you're like oh okay well now we're doing this um but oh, but overall, like I mean, I thought it was fun. Definitely going to show it for uh, I think Scary Christmas if I get to have it uh, this year. <laughs> I think it'd be fun just to put on while people are eating and talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely is my idea of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you know, lots of blood and gore. <laughs> blood and gore and uh, tense, fraught relationships with family. Um, I, that's that's where I fall as as well. Yeah, um, the principal reminded me of the Duke from Moulin Rouge. Like, <laughs> he was just like. <laughs> Especially when he starts to sing and he has that, like, yeah. you know, very insidious voice. And yeah. And I was Swirling like. Swirling his mustache. <laughs> that beard, though. I'm like, that, this is awful. Like, for someone who is, like, very, is very excited to be the person running everything, you look, you look awful with this beard. Like, someone needs to clean up your beard. <laughs> Um, or a control freak, yeah. It wasn't very controlled. Yeah, it was, like, wasn't. It wasn't controlled look. at all. Um, I loved all of that stuff. I loved. I loved having like let him let him be the villain and kind of lose like lose his mind um, and all the power that comes with that. Yeah, again, um, it gives it that high school vibe. Like this yeah. is a high school show. You know, mm-hmm. it's very dramatic that way. Um, what other what other notes? What did uh, back to the ghouls? What uh, what were some of the things that you thought? What should we hit on? I love the character of Steph. She was my favorite. Like honestly, 100%. like Anna is fine, but everyone else can go away. And if we can have a movie just about Steph, like I loved her. Yeah, Steph North. So that's Sarah Swire. We got Ella Hunt. It plays Anna Shepard. And then, yes, Sarah Swire is Steph. I was so, yes, loved her. We would have been good friends in high school. (laughs) Yes, 100%. I'm not entirely convinced that that was you in high school. Like, I think that's you, Joshua, there. Like, your high school (laughs) essence. Um, She also has, like, no offense to the girl who played Anna, but she has the better voice of the two. I thought, like, her singing was really great, and it was so strong. And, like, she was an openly queer character, the strongest character uh, out of all of them because of... Yeah, it was... I thought that that was really great. Um, Loved Steph. Um, Very normal. Like she just like, oh, my girlfriend, it's very, everybody's like, oh yeah, her girlfriend, like there's no, there's no discussion, there's no hand, you know, oh, I'm queer, it just is the thing, so, which we love. 
One of the bullies calls her Annie Lennox, which I was like, that is such a really nuanced queer, like way to call someone like, <laughs> like call them out as being queer. Um, Annie Lennox is fucking awesome. So. Oh, well, that's the thing. And I'm like, that's actually a compliment. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> no, that, that's something I did. I, I do, I do like about it that it's like, you could have gone any route with that. You know, you could have gone with the old standby insults, you know, but to, yeah. Hey, Annie Lennox, you know, she's just, I, there is, I love, I, cause I see a little bit of me in her because I was one of those people. So here's my, here's my high school protest story. We always were able to park for free when you were a senior in our high school parking lot. The year that I became a senior, they were like, no, you have to pay $5 just once $5 at the beginning of the year for your little parking pass. Well, I'm like, that's ridiculous because like I, it's a small school, like a very small school. You have plenty of room and you're just extorting students for money. Um, but if I wanted to park, I had to pay $5. So what I did is I walked into, you know, you go in the beginning of the day, you go into the office, you get your parking pass. People are walking in. Here's five bucks. Here's 10 bucks. Here's your change, whatever. I walk in with a brown paper bag and I have 500 pennies in my brown paper bag, which I dump up and just reach over, pull my parking pass, and I walk out of the did, office. Did you feel like you really won the war against the poor secretary that had to those 500 pennies? Yes, I did. Because it was injustice That's and... That's good. I did you then go the to the Starbucks and get yourself a, a pumpkin mochaccino after that? No. Uh, okay, just curious. Just wondering. Why is me fighting? Why is me fighting? like, um, it was a latte, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it is. I don't think I went to a Starbucks before college. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. No, I'm just otherwise, trying to figure out. Otherwise, that story might show some privilege. No, oh, no saying, that's great. I'm just trying to figure out my reasoning where me finding, like, my little way to peaceful protest makes me, um, unfortunately white. Like, I'm just trying to find your connection as to where it's a shame I, not, I was I just a, a question. Person. I was just trying to put the story together in my head. Yeah. I think, Mar- I think Marissa's more approaching it as, like, her, her experience as an educator and, and thinking about that poor, like, school cashier, secretary, who's, like, a, who's, wow. you know, very Danny Glover, I'm getting too old for this shit, like... <laughs> It's so true. All I could think of was that poor secretary who had to count five hundred pennies because you. Know, yeah, I'm that was out. that was my form of stand up for stand up for what you believe in, Jackie. Don't yes. don't let the man hold you down. I wasn't gonna. Um, um, we, I had I, a friend in, <laughs> in high school who I don't. I'm not exactly sure what she was trying to do, but she filled her trunk, the trunk of her car, with pennies. She wanted everybody to give them pennies. Oh yeah, and uh, it just caused like damage and the whole back end of her. <laughs> pennies are heavy so that's, that's a lot. for our wedding she would have liked you you could have poured them right in her trunk she would have loved that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i like i you're right these characters are all so good and like sometimes i'm like well do they border on like a little stereotypical like the little friend who pines for her he's so cute too i love him oh ducky <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like they're a little tropey but i also think they're yeah. kind of like millennial tropes that are very true to form and I like where high school kid tropes are heading you know what I mean like it made me almost like this film 
like movies like Assassination Nation make me happy about the future because I feel like the kids today, if this is like the stereotypes of them, I could live with this, you know, like it's better. It's, it's coming along, you know? And I, I don't know. I think Anna's such a badass. I think there's so much feminism and so much positive. Like you said, like the fact that her being gay is not even something that anybody raises or bats an eyelash at is always such a good thing to see in a film. So I loved, yeah. I loved those characters. And it definitely, they play with that. Cause obviously they set the guy up and you think, Oh, he's like going to save her at some point. They're going to end up together and it's going to be that sort of story. And then it wasn't at all. And you know, I, yeah, I appreciated that too. They did. Um, uh, what do you call that? Like subvert my expectations. Yeah. And then even like the prick winds up kind of being redeemable at the end, which like, like I guess that could be a little bit of like you know a trope that's played out but I liked Nick like even though he was the bad boy like you could see there was like he he saved their asses over and over again you know um and yeah I love that Steph is the one who like pulls up in the car at the end it's like boom yeah Yeah, I would you know because you're just waiting what's gonna happen yeah Um, I loved I loved the couple uh Chris and Lucy I think Mm -hmm. loved Love her Santa song because there are so many fucking real Christmas songs. Lisa, Lisa, and Chris, or something. Yeah, Yeah. oh, yeah, her like Christmas song, how filthy it was. I'm like, yay, I'm gonna uh, if I do a Christmas record, we'll do that. Oh, please. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna pre order 100 copies. Um, (laughs) But Mr. Savage is also, I decided, like every horrible high school administrator or principal we've all ever been like you know what i mean like he's useless he's stupid and then he gets really evil because they're all evil right i mean <laughs> yeah he's yeah. just really bitter that he won't get to like be the because what the other guy's retiring so it's like it's my school and i'm like <laughs> I, i'm like why do you care i'm like why do you care so much this is um and then the whole like you i'm like you took her car keys away like if i was that parent i don't know i'd be that like you know i'd be karen coming down there and be like can i speak to the manager of this school you need to give my daughter keys back yeah that was weird like is that a thing like oh it's on school property it's ours now like what the hell was that so yes and no um most parents we're we're too scared like most parents will come charging down and be like give my kid their shit back but they still try it man they still take hats they still take car keys they take all kinds of crap from the kid. I personally never take it. Like the phones are a big thing. They'll confiscate the phones. And I'm like, I'm not touching that shit. Like those things are worth more than my paycheck. I'm not about to, with my luck, it'll fall on the damn floor and I'll have to. Like, you also don't know, like they have, if my parents gave me a phone in high school, like I did not think we were going to get phones uh, in high school, but they gave us phones because they were like, okay, you're like, you guys need phones now. So that way you can let us know when it's time to like, you know, just in case we need to tell you to come home or you need to tell us to come pick you up. And I'm, and like to take someone's phone like that, it's like, ugh, like that's a little, you know. Yeah, but it yeah. happens every day. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not an educator, so I, I don't know how people feel. And obviously there are issues of like ableism and all that when it comes, like there's lots of reasons people have phones, lots of reasons people need them. But it's like, I don't know. Like sometimes it's like, should kids like be like, you know, at the beginning of class, like, you know, everybody put your phone and lock it up in something, you know, yonder bags. Every, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Like, do kids need to be texting? Is there a reason that you need a phone in a class? You know? So I don't know. Maybe that's like the old person in me. Like everybody lock your phones up at the beginning of class. I need your full attention. <laughs> yeah. It's weird too. Cause like, it's such a struggle. I think one of the most hot button issues is cell phones. And I, how I approach it in my classroom is, 
the kids who are going to sit there and be completely disengaged and shitty the entire time, no matter what, they're going to do it with him with, with or without their cell phone. If 98% of the class is engaged in looking at me and they have a mutual respect for me and don't go on it for that reason, not because I'm like, I'm going to take your phone, but just because I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. It's going to be great. Don't take your phone out. But like later when you're writing your paper, if you want to have your phone out, I trust you to use good judgment. It goes a long way. You know, like it's like the way our, our companies or our, as adults, we want to be treated. If you treat them that way, I feel like it goes a long way. That's not to say I don't have kids that I'm like, if you don't put it away, I'm going to fucking throw it out a window. But right. <laughs> like, I mean, most of the time, the vast bulk of them will be pretty respectful. Pretty good. No, I, I, I actually think that's probably a good approach. I mean, I have college professors that are like that. It's like, hey, listen, you're paying to be here. So you want to be on your phone? You want to be on your laptop? You want to be on your iPad? Like, hey, that's you. Here's the exam. I don't want to hear your bullshit. You know, like. And it kind of just makes my life easier. And I find that like, sometimes it's a good measure of my own. Like, it's a good like reality check for me. I'm like, am I boring the shit out of people right now? Because kids who are usually good are on their phones right now. You know, like. Right. So- it's sometimes a good litmus test. Too, like, and I see you're all on your phones and I've lost you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Get out. Okay, we're going to do a TikTok really quick. Um, I don't know the TikTok dances in education. If you don't, you're nothing. Um, yeah, no, and I think, oh my God, this scene where they're zombies, the, the little couple are zombies together and they like pass by each other breaks my heart. Like, I'm such a like softy deep down for shit like that. You know what I really wanted in that moment? So like in the moment where the couple gets bit, I really wanted um, Chris to like throw his phone at Steph or to somehow to get it, to get Steph the phone because he even says, it's like, why would you go back? She says like, why would you go back for your phone when they're in the tree lot? And it's like, oh, because this is my life. Like it has all of my pictures of my grand, my, you know, my girlfriend, all this stuff. It's like his entire life. And I thought for a moment, I was like, Um, he was going to toss it to her and be like, you know, kind of like tell my story type thing. I wanted that too. That would be cute. Yeah. Yeah. I I adore them. And I love this, this idea that like their relationship was like, I liked taking a little high school love and making it like feel like it had depth and like, like it was enough for them. And that was enough for me in that moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of tragedy here you know mm-hmm. the grandmother dies the father like you you know all, like again it subverts a lot of what you think is going to happen like you just you know from you know what you see usually something good there's going to be somebody saved but it's like oh my gosh all their parents all their grandparents it's just you know there's a lot of tragic outside of the realm of this hyper realistic world with you know zombies and singing you know there's a lot of sad shit that happens <laughs> oh, and yeah. like the ending being so like, kind of like, okay, well, what now? And like, in a, in a way it was uplifting, but also like, well, fuck, these kids are fucked is so, to me, so perfect for our moment in history where like, oh. you look at these young kids yeah. and you're like, I just like, <laughs> like the foreshadowing of that, the beginning song, because there's no such thing as the Hollywood ending. And you think about it and it's like, yeah, you know, so you're right. Parents are dead. Like, what are you going to do? Like, as a mm-hmm. teen school i have to go off and make it on my own somehow yeah you know like uh, you're you're kind of fucked like you're probably not gonna make it much farther than this like yeah sure you survived christmas what about new year's like Mm -hmm. right (laughs) even make it to them yeah and and just like like steph having like the bleakest outlook out of everybody it's like well my parents are dead like they're in another country this is going on like everything 
and then and i feel like that is just that's also like really queer it's just like well i know how the world is because the world's been pretty awful to me so y'all need y'all are living in your your dreamland we need to get somewhere and i i it's just i love how it i do love how it ended because it's like that those were the people who I did not expect to be together. Like I expected somehow Steph to die. I expected Ducky, whatever his John <laughs> expected John to live and to like live out his, you know, fantasy of being with, with Anna. And I thought that was Joshua. I just keeps that keeps sticking with me, like how he dies, like in, you know, to save her and how in that moment they kind of like fridge him. So that way Anna, like, takes up the candy cane and like becomes this like kick-ass like where did she get all of her chosen powers like <laughs> when um in that final in um that final scene with uh savage but um and to also like have a redeemable moment for the bully like it was it was i think that's the other reason why i enjoyed it so much because it was very unexpected yeah. um those in those in those very specific ways Totally. Uh, so, uh, Joe, for you, most uh, most important here in this whole movie, uh, this whole film, um, muck, uh, Mary, fuck, kill, zombie Beyonce, zombie Miley, zombie... <laughs> um, oh, I mean... So plug for MFK Ultimate, MFK on, Ultimate. On Geekscape. Uh, um, oh, my God. <laughs> Mary fuck you. Oh, that's, oh yeah. That whole conversation I'm, was I'm great. Being, I'm being retort. I just wanted to have an opportunity to promote your other show. Well, you thank did. you. I appreciate that, Joshua. <laughs> but um, like all of those little conversations, like Justin Bieber being a zombie. And then it's like, you're not going to like, you're going to kill Rihanna. And like all of that, all of those like I, verbal stuff was really great. Not Tay Tay. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because as a super secret, super huge Taylor Swift fan, I was like, God damn right she is. <laughs> Although, yeah, oh, I was like, what's man. the read there where he was like, you're going to kill Rihanna. I did say that. It's like, well, obviously you're going to. And then it cuts off, you know, because the whole, you know, they're you know, hiding under the pool. There's oh, a lot of God. those like, you know, and again, maybe that's on purpose. There was a, what, there was something else I was watching recently where it was like, we purposefully wanted the characters to kind of act like they were in like a stupid like horror movie making stupid choices you know because it's like they're under they're like under the you know inflatable thing and then later it's like let's just crawl through the zombies have we tried that everybody get on the floor and we'll just (laughs) crawl around them it was like oh this is terrible i terrible idea uh (laughs) but i I don't know i i mean just like some of those like weird moments in it are just kind of uh, i i feel like they're trying to be meta you know on like stupid horror choices (laughs) Uh, Joshua, I had a, there was a moment where I thought of you specifically. It was when, um, when they realized that when the people in the school realize that no one's coming and they're trying to get Savage to go with him, uh, right? It's right before he makes his like uh, foreshadowing of how he's going to kill everybody. And he was like being really, he was being particularly awful. And I thought, oh, this is the moment where if Joshua was here, he would kill him because there's no room for that in the apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, like no. there's no room for uh, for assholes in the apocalypse totally yeah they should have all seen that coming like this he's gonna be a problem uh, <laughs> there's also a lot of dad jokes like that whole thing about like oh she's in denial i'm like no stop it none of this kill him too we can't <laughs> we got serious shit friends are missing chunks out of their arms i don't have time for your dad jokes teenage boy <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Marissa, you started to say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. There were a lot of dad jokes. I'm not sure what I was saying. No, yeah, I I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> I like the, and I know this is something that they've done in other movies, but for some reason it just really stood out to me in this one, is I like that they showed the moments of, of waiting and, like, uncertainty. Like, when they're in the bowl. <laughs> like they're literally just sitting there and it it kind of uh, to me was one of the most you know in a nonsensical movie like one of the most real parts of like what like what like when we're sitting in a room and just waiting like what kind of conversations are we going to have what kind of you know I love that like Chris was stressed out on his phone and Steph is like trying desperately to find the news and then you know the you know, Ducky is sitting there talking about who's a zombie and who's not a zombie. I don't know. It was just, it was a very realistic moment for me that stuck out that they were showing the like the waiting. What did I write in my note? It shows the, the helplessness. You mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah. You know, because that's the thing too. Like not for nothing, these are kids. These are high school kids. And how self sufficient can you be at seventeen, eighteen years old? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it also speaks to, I think, the younger kids coming up in this really fucked up world and how I think they have a certain resilience that maybe we didn't or didn't have to or maybe didn't have the luxury to have or maybe, you know, because, like, think about it. They're 17, 18, and they're dealing with this right now, you know, and they're, <laughs> you know, they're 17, 18 in Trump's world. They're 17, 18 facing all of this. And I have to say, for all of, like, my yelling at the clouds old lady in in the backyard, I, I really give them a lot of respect for how hardcore the kids of today are because they have no other choice. Yeah. yeah. Well, and along that line, so just to talk real quick about sort of the, like the history of this, because unlike a lot of horror musicals that we know and love, they start, you know, as a concept album or they started on stage and were adapted to film. This was not, this comes from, um, so his name was Ryan McHenry, who I guess got famous on Vine doing uh, Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. A serial or something and so he had made a short zombie musical but then he like got cancer it was very tragic he and he died but he had been working on the screenplay the screenplay is credited to him he ryan McHenry and alan mcdonald so they kind of made this film out of a a love for this man and wanting to see it finish be finished in his honor so there's like this kind of tragic backstory um, that I just, I did want to take a moment to to recognize. And so the film, obviously there is like, these people lost a real friend, somebody they cared about, somebody that they worked with, uh, somebody who entertained hundreds of thousands of people with these vines. And so it was like a real labor of love. So to have sort of that realism, I think in it of like trying to deal with real hardship, you know, it, again, in the context of this like hyper <laughs> world of, of, of a zombie Christmas musical, uh, I think is also you know, the, the, the people making this were um, working through their own grief and the film's also <laughs> dedicated to him. Uh, so I am wondering though, for Jackie and Joe, although Marissa, I'm not sure if you're like a big fan of stage musicals as well. If you go with, you know, does this work on stage? Would you go to it if they were like, and in the apocalypse, it's the stage version. <laughs> so this is off Broadway. This is what they would have off Broadway and it would work. Like, it's like, this is very Evil Dead, the musical, right? This is very Bat Boy. Like, it's off Broadway in at the highest order. This is Cruel Intentions, the musical. Um, you don't need to, like, you, this is something that you could do in a nightclub with, like, a catwalk type stage where everybody is around you. 
but like not necessarily, and people are standing. So it's not necessarily that they're, you know, um, they're sitting down in a traditional theater. I, I, and I just kept thinking like they, I could see this being done at a very specific community theater here in San Diego, (laughs) because I think, (laughs) I think it could work really well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I never stopped loving uh, going, you know, I go to Broadway two or three times a year. Like I saw Mean Girls front row and I loved every second of it. Um, and like, I love modern Broadway shows as well. And I would, I would totally go see this off Broadway. I, but then again, all of the ones you mentioned that are off Broadway, I was like, I'm here for all this. So it would, peak my, it. it would pique my interest just being the horror genre, like, mm-hmm. like Evil Dead, the musical piqued my interest and, and Beetlejuice piqued my interest. Like, when I hear about these shows and then I'm able to like, you know, listen to a little bit of the music and kind of preview it. And then I'll, you know, base my judgment from there, but I'll, you know, this way it would, it would have me interested enough just being in the horror genre. Like it's a zombie musical. You've got my attention. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to see it out of interest. Yeah. That's how I kind of feel about Beetlejuice. I was not impressed by the soundtrack when I listened to it. I was like, I don't really like the music, but if it tours, I'm going to go see it. I love Beetlejuice. I do want to just have the experience of seeing it live and, you know, whether or not I like love the music is kind of besides the point. Uh, Although with this, I did enjoy several of the songs. So I guess if it, if they kept them and worked them in contextually, you know, a little bit more, you know, I I probably, I would go see it. (laughs) This is that musical that like, if you were, if you were like a cool quote unquote theater kid, like right now, this is that musical that you would show your friends and then you would like sing songs that only the cool kids would know. Yes. Right. Like repo or something. It's like six for theater kids. Like only. Yes. My daughter introduced me to six and now I'm a little obsessed, but they like, it's the cool dorky theater kids who know it. You know. <laughs> oh my God. You just brought up six on the podcast. I'm so, I, I love you so much. <laughs> I'm going to date myself here, but that, what you're talking about, the concept of like the cool kids only know it was the cool theater kids. Yes. So was, relative. was waiting for Guffman back in. Yes. The- yeah, totally. Day, yes. If you were really a community theater or theater kid, <laughs> like you knew the stool song, you knew stool boom. Yep. If you yep. were a cool theater kid in the late nineties. Yeah. I remember being shown that it was like being, you know, like brought in, you know, like, because it's like, it's hardly satire. It's like, Oh, it's like a comedy film. It's like, no, this is a fucking documentary. I know all of these people. Stop it. (laughs) I've done community theater. I could name all of those people. All these high school, like even like high school, like you can cast that show with like people that, you know, like, Oh my God. hundred percent. I know that person. I know all these people. (laughs) Um, I just, so I'm sorry. I had a, I had another, so, um, hot fuzz with Simon Pegg. Um, it's part of the three Cornetto, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. There's a scene in hot fuzz where they're at, um, they're at a really awful production of Romeo and Juliet. And then at when, when it ends, they go, they sing love fool, but like, love me, love me, say that you and like, this is, that's kind of what, you could do with this, like that's what the production on stage would look like. It's like just me in a Hollywood ending. Like <laughs> it's just... I love it so much. Ooh-ah. Love fool. Ooh-ah. Ooh-ah. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly thought that where they were gonna go with John was that John was gay. <laughs> like I uh, I first I initial I was like because I, I was like, he's not the boyfriend. Like, there's no way that that's the boyfriend. And I, and it took me a little bit. I'm like, oh no, John is harboring feelings for her. But I yeah, kind of wanted them the to nice go. Guy, you know, I kind of yeah. wanted him. I was like, hey, what if John was like 
uh, what if he went down like a gay route? Um, I want everybody to be gay. Want, so, uh, yeah, okay. Yes. Just take it so right out of my mouth. <laughs> it's fine. Um, also, Joshua totally clocked me. He knows that I like, like, of the all the guys in this thing, John is probably the one. I'm like, ah, him. He's the one. The Scot- the ginger Scotsman right there. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I was like, oh, what if this was... Um, what if what if they made him gay? Um, I play that game a lot, though. Um, okay, so we heard a little bit about um, Marissa. No, uh, Jackie's favorite song, which was the uh, the one between Savage and Anna. Right? What is everyone else's favorite song, um, Marissa? Ooh, that's a tough call. I'm torn. Okay, so I'm a sucker for like the popular like radio hit on the album. So Hollywood ending is Bun Um And I also I love Nick's song. I love his little like I'll be the hero. Like, oh, Soldier of War. Yeah, Soldier, Soldier of War. Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two that like are like I can listen to at any minute and be fine. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, musically it was that one. Uh, that was what I was saying earlier. That's the one that's like Edge of Seventeen meets Eye of the Tiger. Mm-hmm. I dug that musically, but l- like lyrically, like song wise, the one I would definitely listen to again is Human Voice. I really dug that. Uh, the lyrics of it, I like the scene. I like the whole sequence. I like the way they sing it. I like the key changes in it. Uh, it also gave me a little of um, uh, the vibe of Third Eye by uh, Florence and the Machine, like kind of talking about our technology and the way like in this world we live in, like now, you know, all of us, we've been obsessed with talking about, oh, we're on social media too much. Oh, we're on our phones too much. And now it's the thing that's linking us together. It's the thing allowing us to try to keep our humanity. So it's like, I like things that play with those concepts, you know, of like, oh man, I, I have my phone, but now all I really want is human connection. I thought it was cool. So that human, human voice or whatever it's called. Yeah. Joe. Break away. The first song. I love that. Yeah, because it's just like, it's like, you know, in in kind of classic American Broadway theater, there's that I want song. And like, in yeah. it's so funny, because it's like what these three characters want are all things that like, they, they, you can feel it. And also, this is like, you know, if I was like, hi, my name is Joe, and I'm auditioning for the role of Pippin, like, this is the song that I would sing um, <laughs> for this. It would be the fish rap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you, I think uh, you two need to Y'all send out like a Jersey it, Ghouls yeah. card where you just put your faces on the two people doing the, like a jib jab type, <laughs> type thing, but it's yeah. the fish wrap. Oh my God. I would wear that costume for cosplay. Just <laughs> throwing it out there. <laughs> just for the halibut. <laughs> it was just, oh man. And again, like, like the other episode that we did, um, with Jersey Ghouls, where we talked about 13 ghosts, go to their page, go to their stuff, listen to it, download, subscribe, rate them, uh, five stars. Don't look, just rate. Um, I think that this would also be a really fun group costume. Like I, I, I love, I just love the idea of like everyone. And then can you just imagine like, you with like the giant like spiked candy cane like walking down a con like that that would be a really great costume that made me really happy it's like in my head i'm anna but i know i'm the fish it's okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so any uh any other final thoughts on anna and the apocalypse no i love it (laughs) all right well no and that's all right we definitely talked lots about it um uh, yeah, it was fun. It was very enjoyable. Like I said, I'm definitely, if I get to have my scary Christmas party this year, um, I will definitely show this. 
uh, mixed in with uh, my other usual, uh, you know, holiday horror. Uh, yeah, entertaining. Good times. Uh, tell the folks where they can find the Jersey Ghouls. You can find us online. We are on most all the podcast apps. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Jersey Ghouls. We are at Jersey Ghouls all over the internet. And if you are interested in participating in any virtual or in-person immersive horror experiences, please consider checking out some of my work at darkhillsevents.com. Obviously, we are on a giant hiatus right now due to all the corona restrictions, but we are so excited to be planning our 2021, hopefully, uh, events lineup. And we uh, basically let people run around and reenact horror movies in real life. And if not, we're also launching some virtual murder mystery parties and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, when you're done that, JerseyGhouls.com, check us out at DarkHillsEvents.com. Awesome. Yes, I was going to say, I'm not sure sure exactly when we're going to put this uh, episode out. So it's either going to be like right before or right after the Dark Hills online event that you're doing. Yeah. How's that coming along? You all excited about it? We are super excited. So we're kind of, what we realized is while we're in quarantine and we can't do any of our in-person actual like full on RPG, you know, events, we were like, well, let's do some of our horror RPG uh, online for people and let people participate. So we kind of cherry picked some of our favorite uh, people and uh, it was hard because, like, we like, of course, like, we'd be like, well, we want both Jersey schools. We want both Fright Schoolers. We want all of Horror Movie Night. But we kind of, you know, had to make, we we were lucky and we got eight people who are going to participate in the cabin in the woods RPG on July 25th. Um, and hopefully if this works, we're going to do this more often because it's a lot of fun to kind of not only put on this immersive little world where you get to live out uh, cabin in the woods with your friends, but I think it might be entertaining to watch for some people. To yeah, no, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to, to engaging. Yes. Yeah. So excited. And we are so excited to kind of have picked like, you know, someone to be the jock, someone to be the virgin, someone to be the, you know, like, so it should be a lot of fun. And, you know, Jackie's actually participated in these before with us. And I think uh, hopefully we'll just make it really cool. And what's cool is the audience actually gets to participate because they're going to play the people from the Institute and they're going to get to make choices for the players. Like, oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, are they going to do the zombie rednecks? Are they going to do the mermaid? Like what's going to kill them? So it should be a lot of fun. It's definitely a new concept that, and this is definitely a beta test, but we're super excited. Oh, that's awesome. And that's with Joey, right? This is with Dark Hills events. and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, like, that. you all are awesome. That whole group, too, is so much fun to hang out with. I love you all did the uh, Candyman watch recently that Joey hosted. That was a blast. Yeah, so that's so cool. Thank you. I, I, I kind of, like, I'm like, no, they're my Fright School's mine. You can't have them because they adore you guys and they always want to. <laughs> very lucky we are very very blessed like you all that we have an amazing crew around us so our our little uh, our little creeps and all all of our horror family on the east coast are just amazing people wish that you all lived here wish we lived there wish we could all live everywhere (laughs) everywhere um i would recommend uh for our listeners that if you if you want to get like a really good kind of recap of what it was what it's like to do one of these like dark hills events in person you need to go and listen to the jersey ghouls where they recap their experience um doing basically friday the 13th uh with the different jasons and all that because i that's probably one of my favorite episodes just because of like the road aspect of of the two of you recounting this like very epic experience and also me kind of living vicariously because like there's no way in hell that I would like survive the rest of the night. Um, 
you're coming yeah. to an event. You, I, I don't care if I have to host an event on the West Coast. Just- I, I kind of want to do it no, because yeah. I kind of want to do it because it just sounded really cool. And I'm, and the idea of like, it's midnight, go! And <laughs> just like running around and hiding. And, and I'm just like, oh my God, this would be, this is like, this is as close as we're going to get to one of those like extreme haunted houses. Um, and yeah, so like for our listeners, like, take a listen because the the retelling of their entire experience of this night is really cool and especially what ends up happening with jackie at the end of the night like i won't spoil it for you you just have to go and listen to it yeah absolutely and we definitely will i definitely want to document torturing joe at one of these uh so much fun like we did for uh going to um uh not scary farm and uh recording joe go through the mazes so entertaining <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we massive, massive love for both of you ghouls. You are amazing people. And just thank you so much. And, uh, Jackie just celebrated a birthday. So again, happy birthday to you. This comes out. It will, your birthday would have, will have passed. So happy birthday again. Uh, stay safe. Uh, I, I really hope that, uh, you know, some, some compromise so that you can all stay safe and healthy uh, and your kids can still be educated. (laughs) Uh, Joe, as always, I love you very much. Thank you, dear listener, for uh, being here with us. Listen, rate, subscribe, share the horror with uh, all of your friends. Uh, Good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. No, I, I started talking. I'm going to let you do your welcome back again because I got you excited. I did blow it because I saw that House Sparks was in Queer as Folk and I forgot about House Sparks. Yeah, 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 yeah. He loved House Sparks. Yeah, me too. Oh my God, you, you see a lot of House Sparks ass. <laughs> There's ass all over that. Lots of ass. Oh my God, Joe, I'm into this. We should do we should do a fun Queer as Folk. You guys. Yeah. Can I rewatch it at the same time? You're no, doing we're going to... <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, the, well, it's on it's on Netflix now. So I was yeah. like, well, and no I have all of it. I have all of it on DVD. So we we've got we've got plenty of opportunity to watch it. So and- I think that would be kind of fun. Let's explore this idea. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.